When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's the late week weekly, which seems a common occurrence on the Blue Doom. Uh, it is Friday. Everton are playing tomorrow. Everton have got Brighton at home. Everton are feeling confident, and I've probably got the most confidence ever told in that I've ever met in my life with me today. And it's just us two as well. Pete McFarlane's with me, of course. He's, he's had a little bit of a hiatus away from, from, well, certainly this show anyway in the last couple of weeks. But um, this is why I spoke to him just before we started this show, that I was a little bit cautious here because he could well explode with the positivity that he's going to have as we discuss this show. But it's, um, Pete, it's, a, it's a nice feeling to be able to come on here having to chat about Everton, who've won five of the last seven games. Um, you know, obviously the one that was most disappointing was the derby. But... Um, Everything else is is being pretty decent, and I think even yourself, um, obviously, and me who's not. I mean, I get told that I'm the most miserable Everton fan that anyone's ever met, so it should be quite an interesting chat. This, but when when you think about the um, the way in which we played, the games we've had recently, the performances, and I think more important, the confidence these players seem to be having. Um, I mean, I'm I'm cautiously making another positive step forward here. Um, how have you felt about everything that's been going on in, well, let's say the last three weeks? I'll be honest, Dave, I'm feeling really down about it. <laughs> <laughs> really, you really shouldn't dis- have said that, mate. Everyone will say it off now because we're both saying stuff really, like really, that. Really, dis- really despondent and really, really <laughs> What a start. What a start. I'm feeling, I'm feeling great, mate. No, honestly, I, yeah. I, I just think that, you know... Uh, you do, you do say you do set me up to say that I'm really you know I'm one of the most positive Evertonians out there. I like to think I'm realistic, and I just think that we're starting to see things come together. Some of some of the signs that we'd seen when results weren't going our way, I, I was still I still had faith in this in this group of players and and the, and in this manager because I could see that things were going in the right direction, if not the results. Um, and it's great to see now that we we seem to have potentially um, turned a bit of a corner. But yeah, but, I mean, we can't take Brighton lightly in any way, shape or form. I think it's a really tough, tough test this. And, you know, I just hope that we can we can carry on that form into the Brighton game. I think a massive positive for us um, has been, I think, I think going back to the Aston Villa game in the Cup, I think that was a bit of a turning point for us. Mm. And one of the main reasons for that was the, the way the midfield set up in that game where we had James Garner playing a little bit more central the the fact that Ghana Gay wasn't playing and Onana was able to play in that deeper <laughs> midfield role. Yeah. And I think that that game, we we accidentally stumbled upon a really good system that kind of suits these players down to the ground. And we're starting to see the best out of these players. 
Um, and certainly, as I say, Garner, James Garner and Amadou Onana, I think are two players who, who've really stepped up and, and we're starting to see that the best of them in their rightful position. Um, and as I say, certainly with Amadou Onana, one of my biggest gripes has always been yeah, about, yeah. I couldn't quite see where he fit in the side, but one of the main issues I had was the fact that I always felt that Garner Gay was always, they, they were tripping over each other. And I, and I felt that Onana didn't have a, a set role in that side, but yeah, now yeah. we're starting to see the play that we all hoped we would do. So, uh, yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling positive, mate. Interesting what you talk about there in terms of a setup and stuff, because the issue I've had, and I wouldn't go as far to say, we've had a few conversations so far this season, um, certainly when we lost our first three and things didn't look like they were going too well with, with Sean Dice, given obviously the last couple of years where we've been, you know, fighting, we've clawed our way to stay in the Premier League. I think many fans, it, it makes you it makes you nervous about Everton when, you know, you, you're going, obviously any club goes on a, a run of losing games, but I, th- I think when we've done that so far this season, and certainly before the last um, the last seven, six or seven games, as we're talking about now, I've thought, how does this thing get sorted? How's he going to set this up? How are we going to look in a position? Certainly when we were still waiting for Dominic Calvert-Lewin to come back, how is this going to work? You know, how are we going to score goals? Um Recruitment wise, got Dan Jumer in, didn't we? And and Beto comes in as well. Um, it it didn't feel like we could we we'd be coming into these games with a lot of uh, trepidation, really. And I think that you've got to put a lot of credit towards Sean Dice. And I didn't think I'd be saying that so quickly this season, but and like you say, by hook or by crook, I'm not necessarily sure. It's simply because he's he's decided what he's decided, but various injuries, various positions he's had to do because players that he wanted in those positions might not be available and stuff like that. You mentioned the disagree there. That's a perfect example. But when when things start going right, and I'm not saying this and saying that like he's he's been really lucky the way it's gone, but I, I think we finally started to see, and this is why I'm trying to stay balanced with this, we've started seeing a side that ticks together really, really well. You spoke about it a little bit then, the system we've got, um, the the big part of it, and we've spoke about him a lot since he came back, as he's he's actually scored some goal. He's he's scoring goals again. He looks as this. Oh, this is not the. Uh, the you know, I'm tempting fate here, but Dominic Calvert Lewin looks like the fittest I've ever seen him as a footballer. Um, he's he's a he's a big lad, and by a big lad, I mean when when he first came into us a few years ago, when he famously playing right wing back. He looked so. He looked like a bit of a, a pole, didn't he? He was. He, he looked like he was. He was. He needed a bit more weight. He needed to be stronger. I look at him now, and he's a he's a big lad. Um, he can cope physically, and it looks like the way we play. It looks like the way Dice likes to set up. Really, with him being the, the, the I mean, it, it was always going to be the case. I think with Dice just playing one forward, but I think seeing him more involved um, by the fact that we're not playing long balls up to him predominantly. It's looking at, you know, you're playing a ball down the channel and you've got a 10 who's running in the middle of the park. So, you know, he's he, he seems to be always involved, but not necessarily in front of goal. Whilst other players, I think it looks like he's been really been homing in on this dice where you're trying to get players in and amongst dice as soon as you in and amongst Calvert Lewin as soon as you're playing the ball forward. And that, that to me looks like it's working really well. I mean, I think that West Ham game last week. Uh, I, th- I think that was the perfect example of how we played with him. Because when, when the ball does go forward, and I think it's what 
Dice has been stereotyped against, hasn't he? That's what I'm pretty, you know, fair enough. He he did a lot of that when he was at Burnley. It was play two big fellas up front and knock it up to them. The looks to me now, Pete, that there's something a little bit more well thought of by by Dice. Now we've got uh, with Calvert Lewin back in the side. Doesn't always have to be, you know. Pickford lumping it forward or anybody who gets it at centre-back or in midfield, you're trying to play a ridiculously long ball and just hoping for the best. This now looks, and I think you touched on it with the midfield, a lot more compact um, and, and something that on the counter-attack we look ideal. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Absolutely, and, and I think, I think that's the thing with. I, I was I was sort of holding back my judgments on Dice until we had a proper centre forward up front, and obviously we started the season again. And you know, with all respect to, to Neil Morpai, he was never going to fit into Dice's way of playing. He was never going to fit into our system. Um, he was always going to struggle. So, the, the fact that we brought better win, which kind of took the pressure off a little bit for Calvert Lewin. Um, in terms of being able to, you know, have a few extra weeks. You know, I know he, he picked up that facial injury as well. Weirdly, that probably helped him out as well in the long term because it meant he had another few weeks to to work on his on his general fitness. But I think, like playing short, playing us as a team without a proper centre forward is a little bit like driving a car with three wheels. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You, you've got a chance yeah, of getting somewhere. But, yeah. Yeah. You know, you've got a chance of getting to where you want to be, but the likelihood is you're going to crash. And that was what was happening. We just didn't have, we didn't have that focal point. And and like you say, it's not necessarily just about goals and it's not necessarily about just lumping it forward. It's having someone who, where the ball can stick. Mm. You know, when we are under pressure and he can relieve that pressure, he can he can occupy defenders. The fact that the defenders are having to, to concentrate so much on Dominic Calvert-Lewin brings other players into the game after like the core. Jack Harrison has been a huge bonus for me as well, yes, getting Dwight McNeil back in. And I think as well, certainly with McNeil, Harrison and Decore and James Garner as well in that sort of, you know, he's like sort of ahead of Onana in that in that centre of midfield. One thing that I've, that's really impressed me this season, um, and we saw glimpses of it last season, certainly in the Brighton away game, is the press that we're doing. We look so much more confident out of possession and I almost feel that sometimes, you know, when we are going long, it's not, we're not giving the ball away on the edge of our own box that we were doing so much on the Frank Lampard when we were trying to play it out from the back and we were trying to be too clever with it. If we are giving up possession, we're giving up possession in a position where we can press the opposition and and the players are, are bang on it. I thought Jack Harrison the other night, um, you know, in the cup, I, I thought he was absolutely superb against against Burnley. I thought his first touch was 
is as good as I've seen, to be honest with you, Jack mm. Harrison. I'm really impressed with him. Either foot as well. He's obviously left-footed, but his, his first touch with his right foot is as good is as good as his first touch with his left. Um, but I just think that these players are starting to really gel now. Um, and as I say, we're looking like a balanced side, but that's so it's so crucial to have that focal point up front. And and thankfully now, as I say, if Don, you know, he, he might pick up little knocks, he might pick up niggles, he might have little issues. But if he does, we still have options now, which is something that we haven't had for so long. The likes of Beth can come in, mm. Shemitty could even come in and and put a shift in. Um, I'm I'm, I'm more confident now that we've got a, a balanced side. Um, and certainly we, you know, and Jared Brantwaite as well. What a what an impact he's had at the back. Um, in terms of. You know, a player who's coming in and he's he's playing beyond his years, isn't he? He looks yeah. like an absolute season pro, and he's he's putting some of the others to shame. To be honest with you, some of the other options of of more experienced players in that squad, Jared Brantwaite um, and James Tarkovsky are two of the two of the first names on the team sheet. Um, absolutely superb. Do you know it, it's funny mentioning because all all week long, like at, at work, the BBC. Um, if you actually watch match of the day as well, the other day. And there was Shay Given who seems to work every day at different places. Seems to be on the telly every single day. That lad, <laughs> um, he was with the Chappers on on match of the day too, and he he did like a almost a study on on Brantwaite and um, I I put on social media straight away. Oh, he's crap. You, you can't you know I wouldn't even talk about him. He's that bad because um, I got a roast him from from Matt jo- from Matt Jones when I was doing the post the post match uh, after the West Ham game. Because I was saying about <laughs> he won't be with us for long because we, he, there'll be lots of clubs coming in for him. But you know, in my opinion, sadly, it's what the way you think that the way it happens with football these days, isn't it? But um, <laughs> whilst we have him, and again, I'm probably getting slated by people listening to this right now. I I think he's one of the best centre backs we've seen in a long time. And uh, do you know what? I think I think many people who haven't seen him or or watched them closely will say, "Oh, you can't say that." You know, look at you know, John Stones. I hate the comparison with John Stones. I don't think he's anything like John Stones. Um, mm. Because I think John Stones was a centre-back that wasn't, that was basically, to me, a half centre-back because he wants to get forward that much. He wants to carry the ball out. I think Brantway is perfectly capable of that. We've seen it when we set up the goal, um, which, by the way, I think was embarrassing what um, Mikhail Antonio did. Um, when he was just he was just beaten to the ball and he goes down on the floor as if he'd been hit in the head. Um, yeah. I thought that was embarrassing, but anyway, um, with with Branthwaite, it it feels to me like you said there that he puts older older professional players who've been going for a long while, and I don't want to say Tarkovsky on this because they've developed a perfect defensive partnership there, but. You would think, and, and and this is, I'm trying this to, for this not to be a slight against Tarkovsky, but you, if you were told about the the, the two of them, um, and you didn't have to look at the faces because he still looks like a kid, doesn't he? But <laughs> his face, <laughs> then you'd be the one saying, "Well, he's definitely the senior of the the defensive partnership there." And what what you mentioned there, the, the thing I want to get at is that all of a sudden when you start winning games like this, and look, some fans, if I was listening to this, certainly what we're talking about now is. Wow, we've actually got a squad here that we can look at. And I think you touched upon it a little bit there. That you look at the bench you've got if Calvert Lewin is, well, we hope it never happens again, but you know, a long term injury or somebody perhaps needs a rest and you've got to put him on the bench. Um, you, you mentioned that, that there's a lot of players there who can get involved in an attacking sense for uh, with us. 
Um, Beto, who's, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, to me, he's, he's still got a hell of a lot to learn. I think he even said that himself when he came in um, as a regular Premier League player. I think you look at the the setup for the goal he put for uh, Ashley Young the other night was superb, and I think that's his game where he's a big, powerful lad and he's lightning quick as well. By the way, but yeah. the way he just ran it across the uh, the touchline and put that ball across, uh, you know, he can do that every week for me. He doesn't have to be a lump who we have to to belt it up to, um, and hopefully, I think that isn't what Dice thinks he is. That so, he's just simply somebody who holds the ball up. He's capable of it. Don't get me wrong. But you don't want to strike him, that being the only thing that they do. Um, you know, him, we had Decore, probably one of our main attacking players, isn't he? Um, you know, we've we've got and Shimiti you mentioned then as well, who's, who's a kid, he's gonna develop his game. Dan Juman, I think's an interesting one as well, Pete, because I'd have thought he'd been he he'd have been a regular since we got him in. I thought he would have been um one of the first names on the team sheets, given our previous thoughts to what the team needed and what we lacked when uh, DCL was injured. We needed players who were able to, well, hit the ball at goal, to be honest with you. He's he's barely had a kick of the game. Um, and I've, I've been really surprised at that. And look, I, I think the, the simple reason to say why he's not been is because we've doing, we've doing well and getting some results recently and he hasn't been involved. Simply you leave things as they are, don't you? <laughs> Excuse me. The the one of the things that I was critical of Dice about was a at the derby, and this is a completely different thing that I'm talking about here, where he put Michael Keane on a half time, so we had the back five, um, and and that just didn't work. Back four is as solid as it gets for us at the moment. So that's what I mean by you, you can't make changes to something that's working well, and you really shouldn't look at it as it is. He started on against Burnley, um. What did you think of him? Do you think he's do you think he's somebody who can be a real attribute for us? I think the the, the difficulty for Dan Humor is is probably probably his favourite position is coming in off the left hand side. Um but I just don't think I don't think fans um Daesh fancies him in, in terms of his work rate and and in terms of in terms of what he can offer defensively as well because when you look at the, the other side of it as well, it, Pete is, is, is sorry to interrupt me. The, the other side of it as well, I think, I think it's that saying that you know you you're guilty of your own success. I'm not saying that he's been that way for us, but positional wise, he'd be a dream for many clubs. But for us, yeah, we seem to have such a a strict um, lineup now. Um, like you mentioned there, people are gelling. You've got Harrison who's come in, he's been like a breath of fresh air. You've got Onana who's showing what we all hoped he'd show. Um, and, and I think he's been the, the subject of many people talking about him since he came. Um, is he is the other side of that probably putting this in a better context? Is it just because things are working elsewhere that he's actually not getting a go? Or there are those things you've just started mentioning about various things that Dice probably doesn't fancy with him? It's probably a mixture of both, to be honest with you. You know, yeah. like the old, the old thing about you know if it's if it's not broke, don't fix it. Mm. Um, but but I think certainly when you look at the, the performances of Dwight McNeil and Harrison, one of the things that those two players offer, like I've touched on before, in terms of their work rate, in terms of their press, in terms of the the energy that they bring to the side, and also the fact that they they're able to to counter attack so quickly. Um, and the other thing as well to, to notice during games as well. I know you said about about us having a strict sort of back four, but 
Dice does like to have his his fullbacks very narrow, doesn't he? Yeah, or he, yeah. he, he, he makes it very narrow, narrow, certainly from the opposite side of the pitch. But if you notice, when when we're out of possession, a lot of the time, if if Dwight McNeil isn't pushed right up to do like a high press, he'll actually almost drop down a little bit, and Michalenko will move across almost as a as a third centre half, and McNeil offers that that little bit of extra defensive cover if they're sort of overloading us on one side. And I think that I think that, that is something that, that's that's been crucial in terms of how, how we're able to perform and how we're able to play. And also it's the fact that we're able to to have that um to, to give that responsibility to the central midfielders to be able to to command that area um, and not have to sort of overload there. So I think that I think with Dan Juma, he's a bit of an enigma in terms of how does he fit in if if anywhere you probably think that he, would he play in in the position that Abdoulaye Decore is playing in, in terms of you know just off the off the forward sort of slightly you know in that number ten role, um, but I just don't know whether that suits his game to be honest with you. I don't think that that is that's probably his best position. Although we did see sort of glimpses of him against Burnley, but he's not really had the impact as he? he hasn't. There hasn't really been a game yet. I mean, I'm, I might be being slightly harsh here given his his game time so far, but I don't mm. think we've seen. Enough of him so far to say, yeah, he, he you know, he, he can command the place in that starting eleven. But certainly, I mean, in terms of, in terms of his hunger, in terms of, you know, if he wants to come come in and prove himself, it's not a bad bad problem to have. Uh, in terms of having players who can come in and and have a point to prove, um, you want every player who starts to be on the toes as well. You want them looking over the shoulder, knowing that there are players breathing down the neck for that starting berth. So. I think it's it's a it's a good problem to have. It's the type of problem that we haven't had for a long time in terms yeah, of I say yeah. problem. It's a type of option that we haven't had in, in in so long. You know when we were barely scraping together. You know a starting eleven uh, at times last season, and all of a sudden now we're talking about whether we can get game time for for players who, who who've come in. So as I say, it's a good problem to have. But certainly over the course of the season, I'm sure we'll see a lot more of Anatan Juma and. And and the likes of Beto uh, Chimiti, I think I think these players will get more game time as the season goes on, and certainly as the fixtures get more and more congested coming up to December. Um, so yeah, it's 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 crucial that we that we keep these players fit, keep them ready, and, and let them know. You know, if you get a chance, you've got to take it with both hands. Um, but yeah, it's it's as I say, it's it's a it's a good problem to have, is what I'd say. <laughs> it is. Um, I've just been looking then as you're talking on all of our games so far this season. Which one have we played now? Just over a dozen, is it? Uh, games we played so far this season. Uh, what have we got? Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Thirteen games we played so far this season. Uh, and I can't see on this, and people will correct me, but let's say for the most of them, I'd say at least at least ten, eleven of them. Possession wise, we've been um the best we've been is close to the opposition, i.e. being fifty fifty, like forty percent possession, whatever it is. But by and large, games we've won, games where we've played well, our percentage in in possession is, I think, notably down quite a bit. I mean, I'm looking at that the other night against against Burnley. Burnley had, according to the uh, the stats I've got here, over sixty percent possession against Everton away from home, and we're going to win that game three 0 Now, now I think that indicates how we're best set up here. Now, yeah. uh, I know we're going to talk a little bit more about Brighton um, in, in a minute or so, but in games against sides that we would imagine we're going to have more possession than them, you know, it, it seems to me like that's on purpose um, because you mentioned it. It's so, it's so narrow we play. 
um, defensively with with the fullbacks um, in the back four. I think it, it's really compact when we need it to be in the midfield. You know, it, if it seems to me that by and large, I think Dice has looked at James Garner, for instance, who we were all having a good moan about that he was playing him on on the right side. He played at right back um, a couple of times, didn't he, towards the end of last season and the way he's been so far this season. There have been a couple of times when he's been pushed to that right-hand side. But it seems to me like you've got Dice who's learning these lessons. Obviously, he's never going to admit that. He's never going to go on a press conference and say, yeah, I got it wrong. Um, no manager, no manager does that, do they? Um, even though we'd be saying when we win games, he's been he's going to be saying that's all because of me. Um, that's the way managers are. But when when I look at that, I think are we content with being like that at home? Now, I'm not sure if people are comfortable with that. I mean, you look at this one here: the Bournemouth three 0 win at home. They had well fifty two percent possession over us. You'd expect if you saw Everton, regardless of how poor we've been in the last couple of years. You'd still expect Everton at home against the, the, the let's say you know 13, 14 sides to have more possession against those against those um, teams when they come to Goodison. Now I'm looking at that thinking, is this is this a bit of a blueprint that maybe intentionally or even if it hasn't is the thing that suits us most being able to counter attack? Because I've never I've never typically thought it was our game. Um, well, certainly not for the for the long time because I always used to think that I always think there was a problem over it was having pace. Uh, it, it's a bugbear I have most seasons is not having enough pace in that side. But you look at the, those games we've won, we haven't had the, the the majority of possession against teams. I'm I'm thinking that's well certainly starting not to be. Um, it, it's it's being done that way on purpose. I think I think you know you talk about blueprints. Ironically, if you look at the probably if you went back to last season, had a look at the Brighton away win, the 5 1. I, I would be shocked if we had more than 35 40% possession in that game and we won 5 1. And I think that is the blueprint, the blueprint, the, the can't get my words out, the blueprint of um, of how how we do play best. And I think, you know, what, what I touched on before in terms of looking far more comfortable out of possession. I'm happy for the opposition to our possession. It's it's how you respond to it and how you you can still dictate the game by how you press them and how you how you dictate to them how they're going to play. You don't allow them to have the ball in certain positions. They can pass it across the back four all day long. I'm happy with that. I, I've always said that. I've never seen the logic in just having a strict um, passing it out from the back philosophy. Yeah. Unless you're a top top side, I I don't see the I, I don't see how in any way, shape or form, it's going to win you football games if you're not a top, top side. I, I think it's going to cost you more goals long-term than it will, than it will, you know, in terms of you being able to, to win games that way. Um, and I think a lot of teams try to do that now. A lot of teams try and play it short out from the back. I've always had this thing as well about how, if you're a centre-half, like like Michael Keane as, as, a, as an example, I, I'm not dig, I don't want to dig him out, by the way, but just as an example, when we were playing under Frank Lampard and we were having to play the ball out so much, I've mentioned this before, in terms of psychologically and in terms of just being mentally drained, our back four were, were absolutely done in by the, by the end of the game. And it wasn't, just, it wasn't just because they were having to defend, they were having to dictate the play of the game as well. And just, in t- I want my defenders to concentrate on defending 
And I think that's what Dice has done. He's gone back to basics and, and he's he, he he knows he's got the talent in the midfield and he knows he's got players up front now and, and in wide position positions who can impact on the game in a positive way. We know we can break quickly. We've got players now who have the ability to break quickly. Dwight McNeil, for example, he's not exactly lightning quick, but he can carry the ball and he can and he, and and he and the work rate he puts in, um, and he's able to 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 pick out the pass. He's able to take a man on the outside. Um, he's able to to be composed in possession as well. We're able to hit teams on the break. So I actually feel comfortable sometimes. If you've got if you've got a, an opposition. Who were passing up? Burnley tried to do it the other night. The amount of times they tried to play play it out from the back, and we we won the ball back high. Do you know what I mean? We 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 gifted them possession just to win it back in a higher position, if that makes sense. Mm. And and as I say, I felt that a couple of times Burnley broke our line when the keeper played it straight down the middle to um it was Nathan Redmond, wasn't it? The one who used to play for Southampton, yeah. and that was the only time when they looked kind of dangerous where they broke that sort of press that we were trying to do. So that's something we need to be wary of. But by and large, as I say, I just I just think a lot of teams now like to try and play that ball out from the back and like to keep possession and like to, but don't really do much with it. And as I say, it's just so crucial that we look comfortable and that we you know stay on our toes and that we we try and dictate to them how they how they keep the possession and um, we don't allow them. To, to to damage us in in bad areas, we need to um to press when it's right and and to sit back when it's right. Um, mm. And I think that that's the balance we're getting right now. And as I say, the possession stats. I'm, I'm always one of those. I judge a game by from my eyes, not not on stats. I, I, you know, I yeah the Burnley yeah, game the other night, for example. Too, yeah, people yeah. become too because, obsessed with those things, don't well, they? How many times have we heard under Roberto Martinez? You know, I remember getting B four nil in the derby, and he came out and said we were phenomenal, and he was bringing out all kinds of possession stats, and I was like, you know, it doesn't mean anything. It literally it, it means nothing at the end. The mm. only thing that matters at the end of the game is the final score. That's the only mm. stat that matters at the end of the day. You know, you can have you can have a player who's, who's got a hundred percent pass success rate, but then when you look at it, they're all five yard passes. James McCarthy for me. There was a time when James McCarthy, when he first came in, thought he was great for Everton. You know, he he did a great job. He broke the play up and he played the simple pass. But people got so hung up on his passing stats. And I was looking at it thinking, but does he really impact the game with those with, with that passing? Does he really positively impact the game with the passing? I, I was more I was more, you know, concentrating on his defensive stats because he was great at winning the ball back. But in terms of purely on passing. It, it kind of didn't tell the full story. And that's why I, I just think that, obviously, if you've got more possession, you've got, in theory, you sh- you would say that you'd have more chance of winning a football game. But I just don't think that that's the way anymore because of, because of the amount of possession that teams have literally on the edge of their own box. And as I say, if a team's passing the ball around on the edge of their own box, I'm happy. C- crack on. Do it all day if you want. You know, eventually we'll break you. Eventually we'll get the ball off you and eventually we'll, we'll get a breakthrough. So... Yeah, as I say, whether it's—I—I I, I do believe it is by design. I do believe it—it it is a deliberate uh, tactic by Daesh to to allow to give up that possession or to not be too hung up on on um on possession stats. Um, and I think we are actually seeing the the rewards for that. Um, as I say, it's a different way of playing than a lot of teams are trying to play mm-hmm. now, uh, which is which is only going to be a good thing. And but Brighton's a kind of the litmus test for this now because I'm sure yeah. they'll be hitting after last season. They'll be looking at that performance. They'll have analysed that to to the hilt. They'll be they'll have I'm sure they'll have been looking at that and looking at ways that they can change that to to try and damage us on on, on Saturday. Um so it's it's a big it, it's a big game. It's a huge game for us. You know the the interesting thing about about that as well is 
it's difficult, I think, mentality wise for, for us as fans to to go into Goodison and you you sort of nine times out of ten though you're playing the side that you're gonna let have the ball more than us. Um I think that's a difficult thing for many psychology wise to go in and think we're at home, we need to be dominating this, we need to be dominating that, exactly what you said possession wise. And just to reiterate what you were saying there about that away game, that 5-1 win away at Brighton last season, we had 22% of the possession to go there and win 5-1. Um, yeah. And, you know, it, it, pushing this on, because um, we've only got a few minutes left, pushing this on to the game against Brighton at home, be really, really interesting how this is lined up against the side that I think, certainly, even though we beat them 5-1, was a bit of an anomaly for them at the time, because they've been... One of my favourite sides, if you were to ask me who who do you like the most in the Premier League aside from Everton. And I think they've got one striker there who is gonna be big time. And I'm I'm really intrigued to see how he gets on. And I'm assuming he's still fit because he played the other day. <clears throat> but this lad, Ferguson, ironically, is the name he's got. Um he's yeah. he's gonna be a big threat for them. And the things I really admire about Brighton is the type of club, and this has happened before with certain other clubs who've got that well of a structure, and I think that's almost a stereotype people have thrown at Brighton given the recruitment over the years. But they've they've been a side that's just simply able to say, well, goodbye if you don't want to be with us. We've got somebody else to step in. Um, tomorrow is, is a fa- fascinating game for me, and I think many other people who aren't fans of Everton, they'll be looking at this thinking this is really intriguing given the fact we found some form and you've got a Brighton side who, you know, in Europe as well this season seems to be they might have struggled a little bit with that so far. Got that win against Ajax, didn't they, the other day. Um, This is a really, really test for us anyway, as we know. Be It'll be interesting the way both sides line up in this. I, mean, to, I think it'll almost be like... <laughs> Well, we'll give you the ball for ten minutes. You give us the ball for ten minutes because they they're not necessarily both comfortable at having the ball for the entirety of a game. Yeah, and that's and that's it. And but I think I think that's what Evan Ferguson has brought to Brighton as well. He's he's brought like a little a a, a little bit of a, a sprinkle of magic, if you like something something a little bit different to what they've what they were used to. Um, I think you know he's only a young kid. Is he nineteen? Isn't he? And nineteen yeah. come up to yeah. twenty. You know, I think he's got everything. A left foot, right foot, he can score from distance. He's great in the air. He's a, he's an all round uh, top centre forward. So it's it that that like you say that that's the most interesting um, battle, if you like. Uh, if he if he starts tomorrow, I think that'll be the interesting battle between him and Brantwaite and and him and Tarkovsky. I think that that that's where the game is is won or lost. Uh, I think if we can keep. If we can keep him quiet, um, I think he will be our big, you know, their biggest threat. But then they've got quality throughout the side, haven't they? Um, but again, it's it, it's massive tomorrow uh, in in terms of us not not allowing them to dictate to us how the game is played out. Uh, and as I say, we have to be patient with the side. They will have a lot of the ball. I, I, I can guarantee it. They will have a lot of the ball. But it's it's up to us as supporters as well to to be patient and and just to keep in mind what happened last season. Um, the, we are capable of, of of beating them tomorrow. More than capable at Goodison Park. But you know, Brighton have have obviously. They probably haven't started the season as well as they would have hoped, but they still got quality in that side, and they've got a they've got a really good manager. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think we should go in there with full of confidence. I think the the results recently will will give us that confidence. I think the players, um, will will be confident because of the results and also because of how they performed last season against them. I think it's a really a really intriguing intriguing game tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I've got I've got faith in the players. I think 
I think we can go out and do a job on them. Um, but yeah, keep keep Evan Evan Ferguson quiet. Um, and yeah, and, and as I say, just keep patience with the side. Um, because again, the other thing about it as well is it's so crucial. I mean, it's obviously like a bit of a cliche, it's a bit of an obvious thing, but the first goal is always so crucial, isn't it? If we can, if we can get ahead, then the game opens up and Brighton have to come at us. Uh, then, as we saw last season, that's when they're most vulnerable because they do start committing men forward. They do start like sort of bringing it out from the back. They will, they will carry the ball out from the back rather than rather than playing it into the midfield to try and create a little bit of extra space. But what that does then is it leaves space in behind. So again, it's all about sort of being being on our toes and and being disciplined and and hopefully mm. trying to hit them on the break. I think that that spot on analysis is is how we how we wanted to go. <laughs> again, I think yeah. to many people listening and and people will reply to us. Well, we put an out in this weekly is, you know, I'll, I'll ask the question now. You know, how comfortable are you? Take away the result for a moment or two, which is obviously ironically, I say ironically, it's the thing we need to get. But take that out of how comfortable you are watching Everton play. I think that's sort of been the theme of what we've spoken about. Also, we're looking for just our second Premier League win of this season. So it shows you now where we are. And I know, you know, we've only got 10 points, but we're five points ahead of the bottom three. I think many people would have took that at the start of the season. Um, you know, the, the way things are now definitely feel a lot more positive and, yeah, I mean the the fixture list as well is something that we'll focus on talking about over the over the weekend, and certainly on the weekly next week. But by and large, and 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 again, I put this on my Twitter. Does it does it slightly feel like we're a team? <laughs> because it feels like for <laughs> a long time beforehand that we certainly weren't. So yeah, it feels like a little bit of a difference, Everton. But you know, we 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 know the history of um, you know talking them up and see what happens after it. But I think it's going to be a fascinating game. Uh, a Goodison tomorrow. Don't forget, we'll have post post match uh, immediately after that game finish at around five o'clock. Um, down at the Denby as well. Make sure you come and join us if you're in and around and say hello and have a chat with us. We uh, we always welcome welcome anybody who's around. And uh, yeah, Everton versus Brighton. I think it's going to be a humdinger. Uh, we'll speak to you soon. Up the toffees. Sports Social Podcast Network.